Welcome, everybody. This is the Blake Street Irregulars podcast, 5280 Sports Network, brought to you by Tap 14. You, you hear the sounds in the background. That is Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, 70 Colorado beers, 100 Colorado spirits, a menu that is tailored by the season from Chef Taylor Creedon, the best rooftop out here. I'm happy they don't charge me rent. I'm here before the games. I'm here after the games. I'm trying to avoid the traffic. You could, too. Thanks to everybody who came on out today. So we'll be talking about your Colorado Rockies, who just finished a very abbreviated home series. Two-game stint with the Chicago, or the, sorry, the Cleveland Indians. They sweep the Indians. Now they go on to Chicago, where they will play the other member of the World Series, the National League and World Champion Cubs. But at this point, the Rockies are cruising. About a week and a half ago, we were looking at a team where fans were thinking, oh, this is where it happens. This is where the bottom falls out. This is where the Rockies go in their swoon, and you can forget about the season. Well, not so fast. After losing three of the first four in Seattle, they come back, and now they have won five of six, including sweeping the Indians in dramatic fashion. Rookies Antonio Senzatella and Kyle Freeland are dealing, and the Rockies' offense firing on all cylinders out of Coors Field. Today we have a terrific roundtable discussion out here at Tap 14. So we'll bring in all, all of our crew from Mile High Sports. We've got the multimedia group, obviously myself, Nate Lundy. We're on mornings on weekdays, 7 to 9 a.m. on Mile High Sports, 1340 a.m., 104.7 FM in Denver. Or you can always listen live on MileHighSports.com. They even have all the podcasts there to listen if you have missed. So uh, I'll go around the horn real quick to my left, Darren Copeland of the Darren Copeland Experience. Follow him at Darren underscore Copeland on Twitter. That's good. Hey, my birthday, same birthday as Jimi Hendrix, so I, I, I get it. I'm down well, with it. I'm well, good. Well, it's certainly an experience a lot of the time, so you should definitely listen. So Darren, Darren with us again. You, he's been here earlier, too, when we're out of Tap 14. Uh, to his left, well, to his left is Nate Lundy, who's riding the, uh, the ones and twos, which we're not actually doing because there's no music in a podcast. But, you know, he's got the board. He's recording it. Uh, what he's doing is he's taking the opportunity to be up here and borrow one of those uh, – 70 Colorado beers on tap at Tap 14. He's like, hey, why bother talking? I can be doing this uh, live on this sunny rooftop. But to Nate's left, we have Alyssa No of Mile High Sports. Follow her at Crazy Spark Girl one on Twitter. If you were listening to the radio show this morning, you caught her on with us as well. We'll be doing that both with Alyssa over the season and with the person to her left, Anilo Piro. Follow him at A Piro MHS again. Everybody here, Mile High Sports, either radio or on the website. You got text, we got radio, we got podcasts. You want the Colorado Rockies, we got it covered. So I'm going to start with you, Darren. Now we've okay. You you've been uh, around baseball a while, talking about it. We were talking about it before we started the podcast. The Rockies at this point could go 500 the rest of the year. So people talk about maybe the, the bottom is going to fall out. 500 the rest of the year. Now with the win today, makes them a 96 win team. Do you believe now? Uh, well, I was actually one of the people who's always believed. In fact, I've gotten a lot of grief on my show because I've been telling people that they need to get on the bandwagon. So I've been here all the time simply because this team is built differently. Uh, in a lot of sports, you're built to win. In baseball, you're built not to lose. And this is a team that you just don't see how they can possibly get into like a four, five, six game losing streak. They, they have enough offensively 
to get to runs on board, and they can get pitching from a number of different places, which they haven't had before. Those type of things combined make it very difficult to get in prolonged losing streaks. Well, so, see that that's a big point because I think when teams look at it, they look at uh, even even the really good teams this year. The the Cubs, who the Rockies play next, have had one of the long losing streaks. A lot of teams have had the long losing streaks. A lot of teams have had the long winning streaks. But it feels because that this team has had neither. That's a little more real. They have blips here and there. They they lose a couple. They lost three or four to Seattle. But by and large, home road whatever. This team has generally taken the series for most of the team they've won. So there's a consistency there, even though over the first um, two months of the season, they've suffered through injuries, they've had surprises, the kind of things that jump up in a baseball season and surprise teams and sometimes derail it. The Rockies have already gone through it, and here they are still cruising. Uh, Alyssa, when you look at the way the team has been built, you had an opportunity to talk to some of the Rockies today after this uh, finale with the Indians. This is a team that's already been through many of the injuries we're talking about john gray being gone after three starts chad bettis missing the season because of cancer and now in the next five weeks both of these guys could be back and they're still at the position they're in how does weathering the storm for these early injuries help this team build confidence as the season goes on i think it helps them build tremendous confidence because you see you got these guys who are um you know they're rookies and they're putting up great great numbers every night Antonio Zatello leads the entire National League in wins. And then you got Kyle Freeland who goes up and terrorizes the Indians the next day. I mean, I think the resilience really does lie with the youth this year. And that, and that helps for when the veterans come back. Because then, they, I mean, you get a problem. Who are you going to send down? My vote is for Chatwood and Anderson. Keep, keep an eye out that in May, the Rockies tied a record with the Florida Marlins in the mid-2000s. Their rookies won 14 games in May as the starting pitchers. That is the best in Major League Baseball in 80 seasons. And, and yes, uh, Alyssa, we had a touch yes, to talk about it earlier uh, on the on the radio show today on Miley Sports, where we talked about how eventually when everyone gets healthy, perhaps German Marquez gets sent down. Not that the Rockies are disappointed with him. Uh, he's been out, outstanding on the whole. But it has been Senzatella and Freeland, the guys that won both of these games here against the Indians. When we look at these two guys, there are situations when you have young players. The Rockies at the moment have four rookies in their rotation. But Senzatella and Freeland, Anil, I want to go to you about this. You've seen guys that play over their heads when they come into a season. You've seen guys that, that look sharp, and then when the league catches up to them, they, they, they maybe don't look as good. I'll be honest, one of the guys on the Rockies that's trying to fight that uh, sort of stigma is Trevor Story who had a phenomenal spring last year before his, the injury ended his season, but it doesn't look like quite the same guy as the league's caught up. Senzatella and Freeland, this is a different story. They belong. No, no yeah, I definitely agree. I, I think you see in the complexion of how they go about preparing for these games, that's where the difference is made. I've never seen two, I believe Freeland's 23, Senzatella 22. I've never seen two young pitchers at that age have so much composure on the mound, regardless of any situation. They're not afraid of the moment. They want to be in that moment and they relish it. So they're taking advantage of any opportunity they've been given. They have single-handedly been the, they have been the X factor for this team so far. Without these four young pitchers, I mean, this team is nowhere near where they are right now. So I think they've definitely been the key. It's been critical. I think, like you said, I think Sensatella and Freeland have far and above been the two that have been, you know, better than Marquez and Hoffman. But that's not to say that they can't uh, figure it out too here. I mean, Marquez has really, really been good, uh, sharp as of late. Same with I mean, Hoffman. He's got terrific movement on the pitch. Exactly. Really can get a major league hitter. Yeah. So I think what, what you're seeing here is for the first time, this is young, raw talent taking control of this team. And before, it's been a bunch of scrubs that have all kind of compiled to 
make this rotation, make this bullpen. This is real talent, and this is what we're seeing right now. It's why we're 15 games by five, uh, 15 games by 500 right now. And I think we see it time and time again. You know, you get Sinzatella. He's he can adapt. I think on, in any situation, he's faced the major league team or the uh, World Series champions and done great. And he like I think with him, he, I mean he's. I'm a huge Sensatello fan. I think he can do what I think he has what it takes to pitch at this level consistently. And I agree with Anilo, but Freeland is 24. The Rockies, as they go now into Chicago, dealing with a few injuries, some are about to get better. Uh, Alyssa, you had an opportunity to talk to Adam Ottavino today. Ottavino may return as soon as this weekend. And uh, while the Horago Parra, who's been insanely hot, uh, looked like the guy the Rockies hoped they got prior to last season now. Uh, went to the DL, but it's the 10-day DL, and this is a new development. Had an opportunity to talk to Jason Hirsch last week, uh, about a week, week prior to that. Had an opportunity to talk to Jason Hirsch with uh, Les Shapiro on Mile High Sports, who called the 10-day DL the phantom DL, the one that either your injury is really not that serious, it'd be one or two days, but they want to see a new, new person, or you run into a spot where they want to get someone right, where you look so, like Tyler Anderson is to start there right now. If... Ottavino returns if Parra returns in short order. When you look at this Cubs team, which is for their talent, struggling. They're over 500 again. They're right in the mix behind the Brewers, but we know what kind of talent they have. When you look at this trip coming up, Darren, is this a situation where you, if they lose three or four or even get swept, it's the defending world champions. You're in their, their, they're in their stadium. Would you write that off or would you be concerned? Well, I think we're at the point where we're nearly halfway in. We're at 61-ish games, around 62 games. And so where we are, you know, we're getting to the point where it's no longer, you know, just random statistics. We're starting to see trends. And the fact of the matter is the Rockies are the best road team in the, in the major leagues right now, by far. Uh, they just go in and they do their job. So I don't buy the fact that there's an opportunity for them to, to lose four. But say they do. Say they lose four. I don't think that this is a team that will let that go into the next. They're very interested, and this is what Bud Black brought to this team before the season began. They're very interested in winning series. So once you're done with the series, it's over and done with. They, where you get your long losing streaks is, okay, you take four, losing four in, say, Chicago to the next road game. That's where you get into losing streaks, and this team just doesn't think like that. I don't see them getting swept in four uh, by Chicago. The Rockies have always played well in Wrigley Field, always scored a lot of runs there. Even in their first couple seasons, they've done well there. I don't see a real problem. They were one of the few teams last year to win the series against Chicago. So I, I, I just don't see – I mean, there's a lot of people – Rockies fans are really used to wanting and understanding that everything is going to go to hell in a handbasket. They're really used to that. But this is not that type of team. And so you kind of have to get people off of that. But you're always going to have the negativity because people are just used to seeing it. I just don't see them losing three out of four or four to Chicago. It has been very reassuring to watch them win series because when, when you're a player, you break it down into that. You break it down to this three games, these four games, bits at a time because you oftentimes will play uh, 25, 26 games over the course of a month. So you have to find a way to break it up mentally to make sure you don't have to sort of fall victim to that grind. And the fact the Rockies haven't done that has been very, very impressive. I want to throw this out to all three of you. and It's all right. It's a round tail. If you jump all over each other, we'll make it work. TV news people make that work all the time. It's fine. So when you look at this team on the road, when you look at the way Bud Black has managed this team, what do you attribute the success on the road to this squad? Uh, they're turning it around at home. But on the road, 
We're talking about an unprecedented amount of success for the Rockies. I, I Personally speaking, I really think it's all mentality. I don't think it's necessarily anything performance-wise. I just think Bud Black was that missing piece. And I think because even last year, going back to talking like guys, Nolan Arenado, DJ LeMayhew, Cargo, they have the same mantra that they have this year. It's just it's finally coming to fruition now. I think Bud Black has been the missing link. I think, you know, these rookies have kind of – they weren't here for the past. They, they came in and they have this winning culture. And the thing is, they, they fully expect to win every single game. Like, I mean, kind of alluding back to your last question about what the Cubs and the four games is, they feel like they can compete with anyone and everyone. So they, they, they have that chip on their shoulder. They're here to play. They're here to win. They're here to stay. And that's the fact of the matter with the state of the Rockies right now. And I completely agree with Anilo. I think the thing is, like, with guys like Nolan, guys like Cargo, they always have that confidence. But you didn't see it with the rest of the team. Now they're winning. Now they're doing things consistently. And I think you're starting to see that confidence is infectious. If you've met Bud Black, his personality is infectious. He'll be like, okay, yeah, we lost tonight. Regroup and, get, and go back out and win tomorrow. Like, I think that's the personality that's tr that's really helping these guys out. Let's move on to the, maybe the most, uh, we've talked about pitching a little bit. But now, like we mentioned, four out of the five Rocky starters, as the day goes on right now, are, are rookies. And Jeff Hoffman has come up. He's been a splash centerpiece of the Troy Tulowitzki trade. Uh, they've already moved on from Miguel Castro, who then moved on to Baltimore. Jesus Tinoco, and I, I, I'm with you. I saw Emilio shaking his head. Feel the exact same. I'm like, I'm not giving. Why am I giving up on a 21 year old, yeah, I, six foot three, 190 guy who brings in a high 90s? They must know something we All don't. All right, you know, I can't cry over spilt milk. It, it's it's happened. It's over and done. Whatever. I'm I'm with you entirely. Uh, I mean, you talk about Riley Pint is just one of these guys who are in the lower lower A, getting into double A, who are actually doing really well. So they're not really too worried about, about pitching because they can let a fifth rookie, like if you were to put together a rookie starting core, he'd be five. So it's, why it's keep entirely him? So possible, yeah. So, so you get rid of him. It gives you an opportunity to bring in Tapia, bring in some other guys. But... You know, so you, they have a ton of talent. They're not really worried. Their they're, they're, uh, minor league system is as good right now as it's been in a long time, particularly with pitching. Well, it isn't. Yeah, you talk about the way that Major League Baseball works. When you look at the the, the way that, that rookie contracts work in baseball, uh, Nate and I were talking about it before the podcast today. You're talking about four out of the five guys in, in the rotation, and maybe even potentially five if Jeff Hoffman sticks and Marquez sticks, about being guys that are already, because of the nature of baseball, they're cemented with this team through 2023. I mean, consider that. That is a very interesting spot to be in. But let's let's center specifically on Jeff Hoffman. Started three games for the Rockies. One, three games for the Rockies. Best strikeout to walk ratio on the team. He's got to stay, right? They're going to have to work something out. Yeah, if you, I, I think this start against Chicago here pretty soon is going to dictate a lot about what happens with Jeff Hoffman in the future. But like you said, Sean, like you alluded to, he has just dazzled in his past three starts, whether it be the breaking ball, the fastball. Everything has been electric and it's been up and down. He's mixing everything well together. So if you see Jeff Hoffman go out and have a really good start in Chicago, I think he's here for good. You, you, Sorry, go ahead. You know what? I kind of feel for Jeff Hoffman because every single time he started, he's gotten the win, and he's been amazing. But he usually comes up for, like, those one-game stints just because, you know, somebody's hurt and they need a pitcher. I think with Tyler Anderson on the DL, he has a chance to show what he's got and make a case for staying up in the leagues a little bit longer. Well, let, let's go to the rest of the rotation then. Now, we'll, we'll talk about John Gray and Chad Bettison a bit because these are, by the way, the two guys at the beginning of the season. When you look at the offseason, January and February, those are their best two pitchers. Neither one's on this team as they continue to cruise. 
But let's look at two of the other guys that have been here before, not rookies. Tyler Chatwood, Tyler Anderson. Anderson, as you mentioned, on the 10-day DL. As Jason Hirsch said, 10-day DL is sort of the, the phantom DL. It's not that you're hurt so badly as maybe we'd like you to kind of work some things out and let's see if we can get it right. Tyler Chatwood has uh, alternated at times between outstanding outings and then outings where he's been an abject disaster. Chatwood at 27 is the oldest member of the rotation. He's also the only one's a free agent at the end of the season. If you're the Colorado Rockies at this point, even though Chatwood and then Anderson, a lefty, mind you, some of the Rockies don't have uh, too many of, are you afraid to move away from these guys and commit fully to the rookies the way they pitched? Uh, I'm afraid of moving away from Anderson because he's a second-year guy and what he was able to do last year before he got hurt. Tyler Chatwood, uh, you know, there's something about Coors Field, and, and I don't like the I don't like them every time when I'm in a visiting locker room talk about how you can never pitch there. It's a terrible pitching in Coors Field. How, okay, I don't believe a lot of that nonsense. However, there is something to be said about having to pitch in Coors Field because it's just bigger and, and all of these things. And sometimes you get cuts. You get sort of like cuts and, you know, wounds that sort of help you. And the longer you pitch here, it takes a very, very strong person to not be affected by that. And, and you can kind of see sometimes Chatwood is a little bit gun-shy maybe. Uh, and I don't want to say that about them because he's so good. But How would you feel about Jordan Lyles, who I think is everyone will agree is probably the weakest member of the Rockies pitching staff. It's not a secret. And, and uh, no offense to Lyles, look, somebody has to be the best pitcher and somebody has to be the worst pitcher. But if, if Tyler Chatwood is, like I mentioned, the free agent after the season, I don't think it would play well with him for obvious reasons. But would Tyler Chatwood be a better replacement for long relief and maybe the Rockies could finally move away from someone like Jordan Lyles? Does that make the team better? Or given Lyles' situa uh, Lyle situation and Chatwood's situation, does that risk adding a little bit of friction into a locker room that appears to be very cohesive? Maybe a little bit. Um, I, I'm actually personally very curious to see how this all plays out because I think if you could somehow, I mean, this has been the problem with Chatwood. If you could get road Chatwood, he is superb. I mean, I think he had an ERA of 192 on the road last year. I mean, that's lights out. I think it was best in majors on the road. Um, the, the, here's the deal with him is, and with the Anderson as well. They have to figure out a way to get the best out of him. See, the thing with Chatwood, like Darren said, is I think it's mental to a certain capacity. I, for whatever reason, he just cannot figure it out at home, and I, I don't think that's going to change. With Anderson, he has the fundamental tools to be good. I just don't think he's. I think he's just kind of got off to a bad start a little bit. Hit, hit, uh, hit a few speed bumps, but I think Chatwood is a very emotional guy. From my experiences, he likes to hold. Uh, he, I don't want to say he likes to hold the grudge, but he does hold grudges over bad performances and whatnot. So I. I think a move to the bullpen like that, a slap in the face like that, would greatly, greatly piss him off. That, that is the difference. When when uh, when I talked about Antonio Sensatella back in February, way, way, even back before spring training, Nate calls him my boo because I was uh, <laughs> on it a little earlier. And, I mean, he's not entirely wrong. Not he, a bad thing to be, though. He cuts a striking figure. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you know, good for him. But at the, at the same time, you do look at that mindset. And when you talk to the, to the Rockies players about Sensatella, he has perfectly good stuff. He's getting major league hitters out. But but it's about the mindset. It's the fact that, okay, you know what? A, a guy took you deep. Okay, I can't get that ball back. That's in the stands now. Some fan has it. I'm worried about the next guy I can get. Chatwood does seem to dwell on those. 
And that ends up being a very interesting part of, of, of his demeanor. No, yeah, I definitely agree. Here is the one difference between Chatwood, and I'm just going to use Sensatella as an example here. Sensatella knows how to pound the zone. Chatwood tries to make the perfect pitch you every get, you single get too time. Fine. Exactly. It's, it's the quintessential pitcher problem. Exactly. You want to nibble and, and try to get guys and that's out that why way. He gets back, that's why he gets behind and counts 3-1. That's why you see the walks go up. That's when you see the big 2-3 run home runs. It's the never-ending cycle with him. He needs to be find the way to get out of his own head so he can get back to pitch and get back to his roots. When he does that, he's a very, very effective pitcher. You know, I agree. I think I think a 10-day phantom DL would kind of help Chatwood out. Maybe give him a, give him some time with Darren Holmes because he's really good at tweaking the mechanics and get it right, getting it right. Ottavino taking advantage of that during this like DL thing. He's actually hurt, but yeah, yeah, he's, like, he's on the real DL, not the <laughs> not the phantom DL, not the 10-day thing. But he's taking advantage of it. And Ottavino's been pretty good this year, except for a few a few innings, and he's taking advantage. I think if you put Chatwood on the DL for like 10 days, get get those mechanics fixed, get the kinks worked out, he'll be fine. I just think he needs to find home Chatwood and stick to that. And I wholeheartedly agree with everything you just said. I just don't think he can find it, honestly, because I've asked him after games if he thinks it's mechanics, and he says no. I mean, you ask him what it is, and you don't get the straight answer from him. I don't even think he knows what it is, which leads me to believe that it literally is all mental. I mean, I think it's all in his head because there's no logical reason to explain the difference between the two. Darren? It's a bit like, it's a bit like golf. Uh, you know, the same thing kind of happened with uh, Jorge De La Rosa a lot. When he was pitching poorly, Jorge, you could see it. He'd be on the mound. you top his hat up and he'd wipe his head. You could just see how angry he was. Chatwood kind of does the same thing, but I'm not sure. I mean, you can't pitch angry. So uh, when you pitch angry, you're trying to throw hard. You're trying to just, you know, throw the meanest possible pitch past the guy. I remember that. I did that in Little so, League, and I pitched two innings yeah. in my career, and I beamed two kids. And, and it's the reason why, you know, I don't play baseball anymore because of it. But, uh, you know, he pitches angry sometimes, and, and sometimes you just got to let it roll off your back, and I'm not sure – Maybe he does the mentality. I mean, not the mentality, but just the temperament. You want to win, but you get frustrated, and then you can't let the anger get over you. He's way too old for that to affect him still. Right. You know, Alyssa, I'm really glad you brought that up because that, that's been more than anything uh, my beef with Chatwood. And when you look at the Rockies pitching staff on the whole, at a certain stage, we look at the, the poise of Senzatella, of Freeland, and to an extent, Marquez. They understand, and I, I like it, people who maybe watch uh, football a little bit more, to a cornerback. The, okay, the long bomb gets thrown, and the guy got behind you, and he burns you, and there's a touchdown. Okay. Does your game fall apart, or do you say, okay, he got me on one play, that's fine, I'm not going to let him get me? When you look at Sensatella, when you look at Freeland, they seem to let that go and move on. To me, that's the sign of a major league player that understands that over 162 games, over nine innings a game, not everything is going to go your way. Sometimes it means something, but a lot of the times it doesn't mean anything. A, a guy swings the bat, sometimes he gets lucky, and that's the way it goes sometimes. I think Sensatella embodies that more than any other pitcher on this team. He, I mean, he pitched on Mother's Day, for God's sakes. He lost his mom, like, a little less than a year ago. You would have no idea watching him pitch that it was an emotional day for him. He had, he, when he gets locked in, that's it. You're done. It is, it is an exciting time to be following the Colorado Rockies. The truth is, and normally you say this with hyperbole, we have, we're in uncharted territory. We have never been in this sort of spot with the Colorado Rockies before. Started in 1993, and this is brand new. It's, it's very exciting to get a chance to talk to him. It's exciting to be here at Tap 14. You can hear the, the, the crowd behind us. It is packed up here. Live music is about to start. And by the way, this was a day game on a Wednesday, so fans are starting to catch on. The idea that the bottom is falling out is starting to drop out at a point you realize I am watching a good team 
this may be something special and I want to be on board. So thank you to Tap 14 for having us. 70 Colorado beers on tap, 100 distilled Colorado spirits. Everything up here is Colorado, right on 1920 Blake Street. Stone's throw from the home plate entrance of Coors Field. You can be here in moments just like we are. And if it's before or after Rockies game, Hey, you'll probably catch me here as well. So stop by, say hi. I'm I'm the one that the uh, you know looks like Kojak. You can find me. It's easy. <laughs> it's not a problem. Or John Malkovich. Whatever. Take your pick. I, I get it. It's fine. I know what I am. Everyone, stop laughing. They're all laughing. Hey, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I need a lollipop. Darren Copeland. Thank you very much. Make sure you check check Darren out weeknights. He is on. Follow him on Twitter at Darren underscore Copeland. I love how to put. I have to say underscore, but everyone knows what that means. It's okay. But you have a name that rolls off the tongue, so it's cool. Yeah, usually like, oh. Yeah, Darren Copeland. Copeland yep. Yeah, you don't have a clunky last name like Drotar, where people think you came from Mars. <laughs> uh, Alyssa, Alyssa, no, thank you very much for thank showing you. it. On, on the radio show this morning, we'll have uh, her on again, both live, and we'll hopefully get to do this again. Follow her content, uh, writing on Mile High Sports in particular. Yeah, the misters turned on. It's amazing. It feels great. It's oh my God, I've been it's dying so this oh, whole time. And I'm going to put you on the spot for a second, Alyssa, before we go out. Are you an Olympic swimmer because I see the cupping marks on your shoulder? No, but Michael Phelps ruined my fun my fun with that. I injured my ribs like four years ago, and okay. so I need, I need this to help me like breathe sometimes. And before does Michael, it does it work? It totally works. I had like six shoulder surgeries. No, it totally okay. works. Last year when Michael Phelps made it a big deal, I read all these stories like from the Gazette and other papers that are like, oh, it's a hoax, it doesn't work. And I wrote a, I wrote a counter story like that's bullshit. It works great. <laughs> Hey, Eastern medicine, man. It's been around for like 4,000 years. There's something going on about it. The only problem with me is if I get those weird hickey cupping marks on me, someone's going to think I got hit with a baseball bat. It's not particularly good. I'm That's a, what I tell people Yeah. Until, um, until Michael Phelps happens. Like, I told people, hey, I work at Coors Field, batting practice. Just as long as you say Michael Phelps and not Ryan Lochte. <laughs> nobody likes him anyway. Nobody, nobody likes Ryan Lochte. But people do like Anilo Piro. Anilo, follow Anilo at A Piro MHS on Twitter. Uh, Anilo and Alyssa have the t- the Rockies tag team. Follow all their content at MyLifeSports.com. We had Alyssa on live this morning. Uh, we're going to get Anilo on next. And uh, look, both both of these two, especially that they're they're young. The, the knowledge that both of them have at their age, their level of experience is phenomenal. I remember being there at their stage two, and I was like one tenth as skilled or as smart. So uh, outstanding to have both of them here. Thank you very much for joining us, Darren Copeland. Wait, you're not on a night, are you, Darren? Oh, every night. Every night. Every night. So I don't. Monday through Friday. Well, there you go. So whenever you download this, finish, and then turn on Darren because he's probably on. All right. For Nate Lundy, who isn't talking and telling me to wrap up because we're on, you know, in a few hours this morning. It's fine. So yeah. Yeah. Blah blah blah. I get it. Thank you very much to Tef 14. We'll be back out here again on another day game for Darren Copeland, for Alyssa for Neil Apira, and for Nate Lundy, because he's getting, you know, itchy trigger finger. This has been the Blake Street Regulars. Thank you very much for listening to a 5280 Sports Network production.